0: Good morning. Good, morning. Good morning. I tell you what. Uh, as we drove into the church this morning, we came off the hill coming from the north. All the trees, are, the leaves have changed, and, and you can see the church sticking up. And I'll, oh man, if you didn't get to come from the north. Just after church, just take off, go that way, turn around, come back down the hill, okay? Because it's beautiful. Maybe you got that view from the other way too, but uh, but it is it is gorgeous. Uh, and God get, gives that to us, uh, man. He is the creator of all, and, and he painted it a long time ago, and, and we just get to see it as the seasons change. What he what he's done. Uh, it. If heaven is better than that, I can't fathom. Just the beauty that we're going to get to experience in heaven will be just flat amazing. So uh, uh, think about that when you get to see those beautiful pictures of God's creation. Um, it is good. Uh, I'm excited this morning. I'm excited that uh, you all are here and, and we're going to get to worship and praise together. And, and we already have, but we're going to dig into His Word too. Uh, and it's good. I, I will tell you, um, every Sunday that we come through those doors, I pray that we never come through them to check a box. I pray that we never come through those doors to check a box that, man, we were in church today. We did our job. I don't ever want it to be that. I want it to be that we are, we are coming together as believers to lift up our God. And, and not about us at all. But all about Him. And uh, um, God has done amazing things already. He's promised us amazing things and He will continue to do amazing things. And we get to be a small part of that. that is, that's amazing. Uh, you know, you see here at Beecher Island, I say it every Sunday, but I, but I honestly believe it wholeheartedly and I love that this is who we are. We're an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And, and, and I love that about us. Because we're not about a religion. We're not about uh, uh, doing church right. And uh, I, I like that. We're a group of people who have been brought together by God. And He continues to bring more together right here, which is good. Uh, but we're here for Him. And, and, and that's what it's all about. And for us to, to, to seek that relationship with Him. And that is important. Uh, um, I'm excited that the elders are going to start doing announcements uh, and, and start uh, being a part of, of, of sharing with you guys, too. And, and for this body to know who the elders are. And so, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, give them a hard time after, OK, just so <laughs> they feel loved. And uh, no, it's, it's good. But I'm going to jump right in this morning. If you have your Bibles turned to John chapter 10, Uh, we have been in this series of the Gospel of John. And I've spent a little while on John chapter 10, which I am okay with, and and probably I should spend some more Sundays, but but we're going to wrap up John chapter 10 today. But I want you to know something. Uh, This is the end in the Gospel of John of of Jesus' public ministry. And and we're going to have a change as we continue. It, uh, in what's happening, it, in, in the walk that Jesus had on this earth. Uh, so I'm excited about what, what's yet in front of us to, to look at, to, to break down, to, to study. Uh, but we're, we are in chapter 10. In, in a John lays out many different illustrations in John chapter 10 that Jesus gives. Uh, several different illustrations. And, and where we're going to be at today, uh, it's, a, it's a new illustration that Jesus is laying out, but yet it's the same. There's a separation in time, though. About three months separation in time. That we'll that we'll jump to. But I want us to see the whole picture. And so we're going to read all of chapter 10 today. And I, I hope you'll be okay with that. But but I love chapter 10, and I, I want to make sure that we see. Everything, the, the entire point that John is laying out here. And the many details that he gives us. There is one over, overview point, if I can say that one, one big point that John gives us of the entire gospel. And, and again, this is, I say it every week. I want this to be a memory verse for you. And that's John chapter 20, verse 31. Because John gives us exactly why he wrote this gospel. And he says, but these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you'll have life in his name. That's a big verse. We're going to get to it when we get to chapter 20. Not excited about it, but we're going to take two years to get there, so just hang in there with me, all right? No, not true. But I, I, I want you to see as we read through chapter 10 here that the the same point but different illustrations as he's trying to work through. And I um, I was a little afraid when I started in on this sermon that, man, I'm going to have to preach the same sermon as I did last week. But it's not true. There's so much depth to it. And uh, and it's good. We're going to hit some points that we did last week. But but uh, it is going to be, to be good. So John chapter 10. But before I read it, let's go to him in prayer. Father God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for today, this day, that We've all come here to gather in your name. And I pray, Lord, that, uh, that in, our, in our worship time, we are all about worshiping you and, and lifting you on high and, and just focusing on, on you and the amazing God that you are. I pray right now that as we dig into your word and we work through it, that that it be truth that be spoken. It be your words that be spoken. And if there's anything that is not of you, Lord, that it falls to the wayside. God, I thank you. Thank you for each individual here this morning. What a blessing it is to gather with them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, John chapter 10. Most assuredly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens to him. The doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him and they know his voice yet. They will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things in which He spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who have ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by Me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. Oh, I, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd gives His life for the sheep, but a hireling, who He who is not the shepherd, one who does not... And they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my father. Therefore, there was a division among The Jews, because of these sayings, and many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Now it was a feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you being a man, and make yourself God. Jesus answered them, It is not written in your law. I said, You are God. If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him, whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world. You are blasphemy because I said I am the Son of God. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I am Him. Therefore they sought again to seize Him, but He escaped out of their hands. And he went away again beyond the Jordan to a place where John was baptizing at first. And there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no signs, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true. And many believed in him there. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. That's God's good word right there. I wanted to read it all so that we could see from verse... Uh, 21 to 22, there's a separation. There's a different time. It's three months later. But it's yet the same point that he's laying out. John is really good at details. He's very good about writing details into all of his writing. He writes the who, what, when, and where. Always. Always. And I love that about his writing. So we can, we can gain so much detail as we dig into what John is trying to tell us. What, is, what he wants his readers to know. No other gospel puts this much detail into it. No other gospel that we have uh, that is in God's word gives us that. But John gives us the details. Like what's going on around the situation. And a lot of times he, he points out that it's a festival a celebration, a, a feast uh, that, that is tied to this and we know what's going on. And this is the fourth feast that John mentions. But this one's a little different. This feast that he mentions is only mentioned once in the entire Bible. And it's right here. It's a little different though. You see, uh, there's a ton of history. There's a, there's a lot of history that goes on with this feast. This Feast of Dedication, or also known as the, the uh, Festival of Lights, or Hanukkah. I'm going to take a very long history lesson and make it very, very short and sweet. So if you want to study more about this feast, jump in. But, see, uh, where this comes from is that this, this goes back to the uh, um, Maccabean Revolt. And uh, after King, I'm going to say his name and I've practiced it a hundred times, Antiochus Epiphanes. I think I got it right. Maybe. This king was a bad dude. We'll just go with that, okay? He was a bad dude and he was trying to get rid of the Jewish religion. And, and he did. He, there was some fighting going on amongst his boys, whatever. He he said, fine, I'll just get rid of the Jewish religion. And you know what? There's no more sacrificing of sheep. Actually, I going to show you how we sacrifice And He took a pig and put it on the altar at the temple when he sacrificed it. Think about that with the Jewish religion. And he said, if you want to sacrifice something, you sacrifice a pig. He was a, he was a bad dude. Uh, and, and so then we have the uh, Jewish freedom fighters that arose and overthrew the king, took back the Jewish religion, uh, took back the temple, And so this uh, feast of dedication is to rededicate the temple to God. That's what this whole feast is. But I want you to know something. This was not ordained by God. This feast was not ordained by God. It was not given by God to Moses and and be part of the law. It wasn't. You may say, well, what's that matter? matters because it became a religion. It became something that they did. It wasn't ordained by God in this. See, uh, when we get back to the details of what John is saying here, and I give you that history lesson because it's going to come forward here in just a minute. But as Jesus was walking through and, and and he crosses in front of the temple and on Solomon's porch it would have been a big area that, that was maybe even covered some want to say it was covered some don't but it would have been a nice big area and there was all these Jews there and they, they gathered around Jesus and it would have been a big area for them to gather around him and they asked Jesus a question they, they asked him a question how long do you keep us in doubt? if you were the Christ tell us if you are the Christ tell us right now tell us plainly This question makes me sit back in my seat, though. It makes me sit back and think about these Jews. I mean, we've got the opportunity to read everything up to this point, right? And yet they're still saying, tell us plainly. Tell us plainly. Tell us us if you're the Christ or not. Spoken so plainly to him that he called them who they were. (laughs) And he was very blunt about telling them who they were. He called them false teachers, liars, thieves. He he even went as far as to call them hell-bound people. He he said, you're not of my sheep. He was very blunt in, in who he was call, what he was calling them, liars, murderers, brood of vipers. Right? I mean, he was very blunt with them as to who they were. He said, I told you and you do not believe. I'm going to shoot straight with you this morning, church. You see, uh, the Pharisees were so tied up in religion that they couldn't see straight. They were so tied up in religion that they they couldn't even comprehend a relationship with Jesus Christ. They couldn't even comprehend that that everything that they had read their entire life was now playing out in front of their eyes. I I know we've talked about this, but right here in this church, let's make it personal, right? Right? Let's make it personal. Right here in this church, do we we make it about church? About making it check the box? I said this morning that, man, I never, ever want it to be about checking the box as we walk through that door. Do we sit in a pew for a short time on a Sunday morning so that we can feel good about ourselves as we walk out the door? Prepare ourselves for the week. I read something this morning uh, that said you shouldn't have to beg Christians to come to church. Isn't that a true statement? You shouldn't have to beg Christians to come to church. But how many in our world today, though, walked into a church this morning to check a box? Had no intention of seeking relationship, but wanted to check a box. And Jesus said, I told you who I am, and you do not believe. You see, the Pharisees could not understand their religion was nothing for them. It would do nothing for them. Their religion would, would not take them anywhere. Besides, make them who Jesus called them. Every name that he called them. Was true. But they couldn't see that Jesus could do everything for them. They couldn't see that He could give them life and that life was in Him and only Him. You see, Jesus told them, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. i I tell you what, have you stopped and thought about that? Statement that Jesus gives to them? That you don't believe because you are not of my sheep. If we are all about a religion, if we are all about what's on the walls of this church or what's on the stage behind me or the way we worship, the way we have the order of worship, the way that. we do anything once we walk into this building, if it's about the sin and what's great sin and what's not great sin, if we're going to put in order the sin, we are not of His sheep. If we are all about what's happening inside of the church and not about the relationship, we're not of His sheep. I think that's pretty blunt, but I think it's what he's saying. Too many churches split and fall apart because they're so tied up in what the church looks like that they can't see the relationship, and and they're so tied up in religion. And I'm just going to be honest with you, I have been there. I've been so about religion that I couldn't see the relationship. I couldn't see the relationship between me preaching God's Word and the body and the sheep. I was the hireling that ran off because I was all about religion. Man, I don't ever want to be that place again. I want to be all about the relationship. I want to be all about seeking Him and not about the things of religion. The things that the evil one uses to grab a hold of our attention and tries to strip a church Of what they gather for. You see Jesus told them. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. They follow me. See. uh, Because if we follow him. And we have that relationship. If we're truly seeking that. All them things that I talked about. Them little things that I talked about. They become little. They stay little. They don't become dividers amongst a church body. They stay little. Because you're following Christ. And the Pharisees couldn't understand that. They couldn't understand the relationship. They were all about the religion. Do we understand it? Do we understand it? Because when we make that choice to follow Him though, He says in verse 28, He says, And I give eternal life to them. I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Praise the Lord. I love that verse. Listen to me this morning. It has nothing to do with your grip. I want you to hear that this morning. It has nothing to do with your strength, your grip, your hanging on. Nothing. That's a good thing. That's an amazing thing. He says, no one is able to snatch them out of my hand or the Father's hand. I hope that you find rest in that this morning. I I hope that that just pours peace out on you this morning. If you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, I pray that you find rest in that. Because it's not about your grip. It's about the hand of the one who created you. And his grip is amazing. Unfathomable. You see, Jesus said, I give eternal life to them. And listen, if any of the sheep of Christ ever perish, that makes Jesus out to be a liar. That can't happen. It, it, it's not possible because Jesus Christ is God. And He says, I give life. He can't fail. His promise is amazing. His promise it, <clears throat> says that every believer will have life. I keep hitting on this, but my goodness, I want us to walk out of here after we're done with the book of John and know that we have assurance in not in self, not, not in anything we do, but in Him. And it's His grip that hangs on to us. His grip, His hand. Find rest in that. Find rest in the fact that if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you're in His palm. You're in His hand. And it has nothing to do with how hard you do Jesus says, it's not just me hanging on to you, though. It's not just me, but it's also the Father. And He says, I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. And there's some struggles with this verse, I'll tell you. There's there's some people who who really get to to fighting about what this means. But let me just say that if your Bible says in heart and mind, if it reads this, if it says I and the Father are one heart and one mind, take a pen and cross that out. I mean, cross it out. It's not true. That's not what he's saying. He says, I and the Father are one. Period. There, there's, not, there's no adding to it in heart and soul. We're similar. It's <laughs> not what he's saying. He says, I and the Father are one. And when he said that, what happened? The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Gail made me think about this one a while back. And I know we've talked about it a little bit. But they were on Solomon's porch. It would have been nice. I mean, my guess is they had a janitor that kept that nice and clean. There were no rocks around there. There were no rocks there to pick up. So where'd the rock come from? His pocket. His pocket. The Jews walked around with these rocks in their pockets, ready. Ready. To stone. Because we're back to religion, right? We're back to, I'm going to make sure that all these people do what they're supposed to do. And I better carry a rock. Because if I see somebody doing something wrong, man, I don't want to go looking for a rock. I'll just have it here in my pocket so that I can pull it out and chuck it at you. (laughs) Right? That was their thought. These dudes were, were messed up. They couldn't see what Jesus was trying to lay out because they thought that they were important people. And they needed to make sure that they kept the law. Think about that for a little bit. That. They all carry rocks in their pockets ready to stone. Gil made me think for a while, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, let me get to some depth though. We get to some depth as we get to verse 32. And, And uh, I I want to make sure I didn't miss something. I I, I did miss something. I I want to go back uh, to this I and the Father are one. When we get to this I and the Father are one, he, He lays it out. He's been talking this whole time about who He is. And and, and he's talking about that he has the power. We We talked about last week. He said, I have the power to lay down my life, and I have the power to take it up again. He said, I have the power. It is I that lay my life down. But as we get to this, I and the Father are one. They're one because we have to look at the triune Godhead. We have to look at that the, the they're all one, but yet three, right? We have to look at that we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And there's a pretty cool triangle that if you look at it, you can Google it if you're under 50. I think Jeff said, use your cell phone and Google it. <laughs> but you can Google it there. And it has God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God in the center. And God, all of them are God. How else does it work? How else does it work for God when when Jesus says, I am God. I am. I and the Father are one. Because it's the power comes from God. And and, and we have to to make sure that we're looking at it as He has the power because He is God. And that's what the Jews can understand. And when we get to verse 32, we get to see some depth here that Jesus lays out to the Jews. And I want to read it again because I think we need to try to understand what He's saying. Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father for which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered Him, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. The Jews are pointing out for anybody who wants to say that Jesus didn't claim deity, the Jews were saying, yeah, he did. Yeah, that's why we're showing you, Because of blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. Uppercase G, right? Jesus answered them, has it not been written in your law? I said, you are gods. Lowercase g, not uppercase. You are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming, Because I said, I am the Son of God. You say, man, if you don't get that, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. I think we need to back up a little bit there at the beginning where he's he's talking about your loss as God's. What's he talking about? Got to go to Psalms 82. So if if you will, turn over to Psalms 82 with me. Because Jesus is quoting Scripture. Jesus is quoting Scripture to the Jews, trying to get them to see and understand what he's talking about. But I will tell you that this Scripture of Psalms 82 that Jesus quotes. Sometimes it gets a little misused because we pluck it. Because <laughs> we don't read the entire Psalms 82 and we pluck the Scripture here. For some reason I just... <clears throat> just Sorry, I think I just lost battery. All right, we'll try it. Sorry, sorry. All right, I'm back on. Okay, excellent. Uh, All right, Psalms eighty-two. See, I just gave you plenty of time to find Psalms eighty-two. That's all we're doing. (laughs) Alright, Psalms 82. It says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods, lowercase g, right? But a lot of people want to look at this and say, well, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. Who's the mighty? And and, and He judges among the gods. There's many gods. There's many gods that that He's going to judge, so there's many gods in heaven? No, we've got to keep reading. Let me just say, someone to believe that. Someone to say that we can all be little gods running around. Not true. Because we've got to read on. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Salah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. They do not know, nor do they understand. Is that the Jews? They walked about in darkness, and all the foundations of the earth are unstable. I said, you are gods, lowercase g, right? All of you are children of the Most High. You're all children of God. But you shall die like men. They're not special. They're men. And fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. He's referring to this because he wants them to know that there are no other gods. They were, they were judges, is what they were, they were they were. They were judges, and they that's why it says at the beginning there, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. He, he judges the judges. There's no other gods. And Jesus is saying, Listen to me. I want you to hear that when I say I'm the Son of God, I am. God. And if you don't believe me, look at the works that the Father has done in me. Because he is in me and I am in, in him. It's all pointing to Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And he's saying, When you believe in me, you'll have life. And you'll have life super abundantly. As we talked about last week. But he's saying, even if you don't believe it, believe the works. Believe the works. That day when Jesus left the Jews, I don't know if people followed him or just people were where he went, where John was baptizing, but it says this, that many came to him and believed. What an awesome day! Many, many more came to him and believed in You know what? Uh, the Jews were good at making excuses as to why not to believe. I, I don't want us to make excuses. I, I hear a lot of. I don't. I don't like organized religion, or I don't believe in organized religion. Okay, neither do I. But I don't want to stop me from having a relationship. Because it's all about the relationship in Jesus Christ. You see, one of my favorite verses comes from John chapter 10. And I I hope that um, this is highlighted in your Bible. And I hope that you, you turn to it often. My sheep hear my voice, and I will know them. And they follow me. Ah. Give them eternal life. And they will never perish. Man, that's good, is To know that you will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. That's you. That's Jesus saying that. That's, that's our Savior laying it out exactly the way it is. And, and if you've been putting pressure on yourself to be a good Christian, you'll never be good enough. If you've been putting pressure on yourself uh, trying to do enough to gain eternal life, you'll never gain it. Lay that down on week. feet. If you've been looking in the mirror saying you've got to do a better job so that you can get eternal life, lay it down and speak because it's not true. <coughs> you can't get it. You can't do enough to get it and to keep it. All you got to do is make a choice. A choice that Jesus is the Christ. And believe that. And he says you will have life in my name. Lay all that other religious stuff down at His feet. Because religion is what tells you you've got to do all these things and check the box and make all these lists and make sure that you're you're doing them. Jesus makes it simple. And He was making it simple to the Jews, but yet they said, if you're the Christ, tell us plainly. He's telling us plainly who He is and how we have life. True life. And that is through Him... And through Him only. And so I want to encourage you today that if you've confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord, I want you to know that no one can pluck you from His hand. No one. So when the old devil tells you you're not doing enough, snuff him out. Snuff him out. Because it's all about His grip on you. All about His hand. I'm going to invite the music team up. Uh, Jesus gives us quite an illustration as we work through chapter 10. And I know probably almost everybody in here is a believer. I've been a believer for a long time, but there was times in my life where I thought I needed work for. I needed to do all the right things. I needed to put on this persona of a Christian and walk the walk when church people were around. That's garbage. Lay lay that down. That's not walking in Him. Jesus says it is in Him that we have life. And as we walk in that, I want you to put all of your faith in Him, not in you. Not in you, but in Him. And if you are not a believer, let's be real. If you have not confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, today's the day to do it. Today's the day to, to confess Him as Lord and know that you have life. There's nothing better. Just know that one day, when we get called home, the picture of the leaves this morning that I saw will be nothing in comparison to that day. Granny Louthan got to see that this morning at 5 a.m. when she went home. I'm kind of jealous. I want to live here as long as god wants me here but you know what to be away from the body is to be with christ and if you confess jesus christ as lord you can have that promise and you can stand on it because jesus gave you that promise and he does not lie so today if you need any prayers if you're coming to him today and for the first time and you want to pray with me man i'd love to pray with. You have other stuff in your life that's weighing you down, though. Maybe some religion that you're trying to get rid of, and just let it be about the truth of Jesus Christ. I pray with you. Let's seek Him. Let's walk in the ways He calls us to walk, knowing that we have life. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the life that you give, and it is not about this life. You bless us in this life. You, you, we get to do some pretty cool stuff in this life, Lord, and I thank You for that. But it, but it fails in comparison to the life that lies ahead. God, we know in our community there's been many who have lost life over the last week, and I just I pray that they knew You. And I pray that they understand what it is to be home right now. Lord, I pray that their families are, have their eyes turned to You. I pray that, that their friends, that anybody around them is just guiding them to You because life is in You. Lord, help us to never let religion get in the way of the relationship that You seek with us. Let it always be small. Let it always be, be something that we just worked through. Let the relationship be what it's all about. Lord, I thank You that You say, I no longer call You servant, but friend. You walk with us. You are in us. You dwell in us when we call on Your name. And I thank You for that. Lord, I just pray that if anybody's struggling in their heart, they just seek, seek out that prayer with me or the elders this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Who else stand and sing with us? We need prayer, to come forward, We'll also be some elders in the back.